2: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. Cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now.
3: Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on CannabisRadio.com. This is Bethany Moore. I'm your host today. I'm the Communications and Projects Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, we are speaking with one of our members out of the state of Washington. We're going to talk with Fitz Kuig of Pioneer Nuggets. Fitz is the CEO of Pioneer Nuggets, and they are a Tier 2 producer processor of cannabis just north of Seattle in Arlington, Washington. Hello, Fitz. Thank you for being on the show with me today.
4: Hey, Bethany. Thanks for having me.
3: Definitely. Thanks for taking time to join us. Um, so let's let's start off by talking about you. Why don't you tell me a bit about your personal and professional background? Where are you from and what did you do before cannabis?
4: Okay. Um, I'm originally from Louisiana. I moved up to Washington uh, after they passed the 502 initiative to start Pioneer Nuggets. Uh, before Pioneer Nuggets, I was in the wetland mitigation banking business. I did uh, land acquisitions and asset management for a company called Resource Environmental Solutions based out of Louisiana. And what we did was we uh, restored lots of wetlands um, under the Clean Water Act. So we sold the company and I was in between things when the law passed and I saw an opportunity to kind of move into something that was new and regulated. A lot of the professional experience I had the five years before this was a lot of land acquisitions, but the projects themselves were highly regulated by the Corps of Engineers. So I had developed a good bit of regulatory experience from from the private side of working with regulators and getting business projects done. And I had a long-term passion for, for cannabis and seeing it as not a bad thing. And so I <laughs> yeah. decided to take my experience, move to Washington State, uh, resettle up here, and give it a go on my own. That's
3: fantastic. So you're kind of an environmentalist, it sounds like, based on the work you're doing, moving from agricultural land management to growing cannabis plants now. Do you consider yourself an environmentalist?
4: I actually consider myself a conservationist uh, more than an environmentalist. Perfect.
3: Awesome. So what why exactly did you get involved in the cannabis movement and industry other than what you said, you know, you had a interest and passion in cannabis and don't think it's a bad thing? What what really motivated you to get involved?
4: Well, I love the product and the legal and regulatory environment that I saw being developed. I thought was very genuine in how it's going to work in the future. So seemed like a really good opportunity for me to to move into the industry in a good time for me personally and professionally. I um, wasn't a medical uh, card holder. Um, I've never been in a medical shop, but I do believe the, the, re- the recreational side for adult use is, is a really good dialogue and a really good system to have in place. So it just seemed like a perfect time for me to move into it when it was, you know, becoming legally taxed and regulated and I could move in and take the business experience and the the personal experience I have um, in America and working and being a professional and try and create a company that could succeed in the long term under the new regulations.
3: Did you ever think you would be living in Washington State, having come from the south of Louisiana?
4: Well, I'd spent a lot of time up here. I used to be a tour guide in my 20s. I spent about seven years taking people on two- to nine-week camping adventure tours. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time in life. So I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was traveling the whole continent, seeing the whole place, getting to know people from all over. And I, and I absolutely always loved Washington. But I, I can't tell you that until this opportunity, I'd never really uh, contemplated moving up here. And it's become my home now. I live on Camino Island. and. We live, we're located in Arlington and, you know, just the, the water, the air, everything's so clean up here and it's just a really good place to live. So I've, I've really enjoyed uh, uh, becoming a resident and living here. I can't see myself leaving now.
3: <laughs> yes, it is really beautiful up there in the Pacific Northwest. And whenever I travel up there for NCIA events, um, for our quarterly Cannabis Caucus events that are held in Seattle, I'm always happy to be there. I, I just love it. It's gorgeous. So let's talk a little bit more about your company, Pioneer Nuggets. What, t- tell me about your company. What are your values? What are your goals as a company, as a Tier 2 cannabis producer-processor?
4: Well, we've been at it for a few years, but when we set out, we definitely set out with a clear mission in mind. Um, our mission is to manufacture cannabis products for the world. So right now, you know, we're satisfying Washington State and taking it slow. Not in a hurry to get anywhere else, but we, I did want to, I did want to create a roadmap for the long term. So uh, I do see a potential uh, if everything keeps moving in the direction it is to be able to satisfy other markets outside of Washington State. But not something that we're we're in a big hurry to do. Um, we tried to grow. The team here uh, with the ability to to manufacture this product on, a, on the highest level which which takes a lot of time you come in and growing is, is the first step but then you have to package and distribute so it's really turned into a multi-department company where we have a production team, we have a processing team <clears throat> and then we have sales and distribution and it takes all three working interdependently. So I guess that steps me into our corporate values. The first one is sustainability, which is the, the be, to me the best long term goal to have. Uh, mm-hmm. We are an indoor we are an indoor producer, so we do use lights and it is expensive and it is uh, a little bit burdensome on the environment. Mm-hmm. But I, I see technologies coming too that will allow us to to migrate slowly and slowly towards having a smaller carbon footprint. I think that. Uh, I think it goes without saying that we probably have the largest carbon footprint that that we, that we ever will as technology improves and becomes more available to us at a better cost. We'll be able to uh, reduce our workload on the lights and mm-hmm. find out ways to uh, either apply power from more environmentally friendly solution or ways to offset the need for those lights through through buildings that are built a little bit differently. But I do like to grow indoors. Our other, our next core corporate value is interdependence. Um, I did see that we were going to produce cannabis flowers and then have to create value-added products. So those are two very different mindsets in the different departments. And then when you throw on sales and distribution, you add in a, a third department. And without without these three departments working perfectly interdependently, it's really hard to to plan your business and to imply to give the employees a place where they can work and be comfortable and they know what their jobs is. Cooperation is our next value. Uh, Cooperation on any team is absolutely one of the most important values that a team can hold. Uh, Mm -hmm. The next next corporate value uh, was resonance, uh, which is a quality that makes something personal and meaningful or important to someone. Then simplicity. Simplicity is a big part of what we do. Uh, We Mm -hmm. don't make large line of products I wanted to create a flower company and so we keep it simple we work really hard on the flower and consider everything else uh, secondary and as we've improved on the flower and our ability to bring that to market we've been able to improve on our other products like our joints but they definitely come second fiddle to the the primary core competency that we're working on which is to be a flower producer and then the last one is transparency and those six values are the same values that I wrote three and a half years ago that you slowly try and instill into your corporate culture and you you use every every teachable moment to teach your, your leadership and your staff that those are the values and where they come from so that you can help guide them make make day-to-day decisions that basically stick within those corporate values. Great. So, a couple of years later
3: since starting the company, that all those values that you set out to instill in your company are still the same. That's great. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we're going to be right back to talk more with Fitz from Pioneer Nuggets. So stay tuned to CannabisRadio.com, and we will be right back.
2: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
4: CannabisRadio.com
2: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com
3: and we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on CannabisRadio.com. I'm your host, Bethany Moore from NCIA, the National Cannabis Industry Association. And we've been talking with Fitz of Pioneer Nuggets. So welcome back, Fitz, and thanks again for talking with us today as we continue our conversation.
4: Thank you for having me.
3: So I, we were just talking about your company and the values and how beautiful Washington State is. And I actually remember visiting your cultivation warehouse in Washington State up there in Arlington um, when I was in a previous role here at NCIA in membership development. Um, so I, I remember walking in when the warehouse was empty. You didn't have any plants in there yet. You were just getting all set up. And I met with, uh, your, I can't remember his title, but Pat, who I've, I've known for a while, um, he gave me a tour when it was empty. So then a few months later, I came back and drove up to Arlington and checked out your warehouse and it was in full bloom. There were rooms of cannabis plants everywhere. They looked beautiful. You had your bud trimmers working at a table, diligently focusing on trimming all the plants perfectly. And it's so, it was cool for me to see the before before everything got set up, and then see it working like a a well-oiled machine. And that was fascinating for me. So uh, for you, what has it been like to build your business up from the ground up, literally, over the last few years and making all those decisions to go from nothing to a fully functioning company?
4: (laughs) Well, the time you described probably was the most exciting time, and <laughs> when a lot of that was when a lot of the real decision making was happening. Um, okay. you know s- since then the the system hasn't changed much. We've grown into it. A lot of what's changed around here is the team is built and become more empowered to handle in the day to day. And you know it's it's been fantastic. It's definitely come with challenges. Some days are really hard. Some decisions are really hard. Mm. But um, you know, over the, over the last few years, we've really found a, a a place in the industry that my team that the team is really comfortable with. They're very proud of what they do. They're very happy with their work. And I I think the more we've empowered them, the better the products have gotten. They they really know what they're doing day to day. Uh, they they just need some good leadership along the way and to to really just just stay engaged and stay creative and, and stay happy while they're working. Um, you know, it, it is a manufacturing business, so everything around here happens the same day every week now. And it was it was a hard goal to achieve. And then once mm. you get there, it almost removes the excitement because we harvest every Monday. We have eight flower rooms. Uh, you know, we transplant every Tuesday. We clone every Wednesday. These are things that just happen every week, and it's a very repetitive cycle. So, But we've also been able to work a little – little bit more on the individual products we put out, the different strains, and, and what the market wants. Uh, hmm. You know, we we all love cannabis, so it's really tough. <laughs> you get asked a lot, "What's your favorite strain?" It's really tough to pick a favorite. Uh, and when it comes to the consumers, the, the the consumers, you know, they speak the truth. If if it's a great strain and you do a great job making it, they're gonna they're gonna want it again. And if yeah. it's not a, if it's not a great strain,
3: you'll hear you about
4: can, it. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you won't hear about it. You just it just won't sell. So yeah, trying, I got it. That that's that's kind of the the nature of how it's changed. It's gone from building something towards you know building products that that the community of cannabis smokers love, and just slowly learning to listen to them and and trying to get the team of people here that are empowered to to stay more and more connected with the consumers so that they know that their works a being appreciated and b we're learning how to create what the consumers want not not what we think they should have
3: totally got it yeah so you you've been able to create routines within your company and you, you said it's almost boring now cuz everything happens like a like a machine like a well-oiled machine everything's very routinized so how how many people do you have in on your team now working for pioneer at this stage
4: we have, we have 28 total employees wow um, Yeah. About a third on production. We have a harvest and trim crew, which I didn't mention earlier. I kind of group them in with production, but they really function as their own team. They have their own team lead. They have to harvest a room every Monday. And then between Tuesday and Friday, they're trimming the previous week's harvest after it's been hang dried so it can go into its cure step. So that that's its own functioning team within the production. So Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
4: it takes about 28 total people to do what we do right now as their skill sets rise we're certainly not seeing an increase of employees per, you know, per pound or whatever outputted. We're definitely seeing their skill sets improve and becoming a better team and, a, and, the, and the better inter- interdependence and communication between the departments. They can really help each other out. Um, you know, the trimmers spend a lot of time one-on-one with the finished product and then the processors have to put it in a package. And there was a day where the processors were having to to do additional trimming on the, on the flowers before they were packaged. So they looked great and mm. those, those through communication, we're able to remove those steps because the trimmers just trim teams, uh, standards of quality improve. And my inventory manager that, that handles quality control going into the processing step doesn't have to, doesn't have to ask for things to be redone ever. And we're getting better communication from that processing and trim department, moving its way back into production and creating that circle of communication between people that make the flowers and the people that finish trimming the flowers and the people that package the flowers cuz all their all, all their opinions and ideas and you know we try not to place any um any more value or an importance on on any one person's ideas or, or opinions otherwise the product will will sort of become closed minded and what we're trying to do is keep an, an open mind around our products and deliver deliver the best we can every time and and whether or not we get a compliment or we get some criticism. We just really need to be open to appreciating that feedback, so we can learn mm-hmm. from it and move forward. It's very early in the industry, and it's very very young in the concept of having a name associated with with a line of products. So, so the real opportunity here is to gain experience through that direct communication that we're able to get. The more widespread legalization gets, the more generic uh, product communication will become, and. Mm. the more the more consumers will view that their opinions just won't be heard, so to me it's very important that we're 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 gracious and appreciative of the consumer feedback because it's a real real special time to be able to get as much consumer feedback as we do directly from our our retailers everybody's so personally invested at this step so yeah. and I, I i I have trouble saying it's boring there's nothing there's nothing boring about lingering on the edge of wondering if you're going to buy or not but but in, in terms of <laughs> In terms of manufacturing, it has definitely become routine. But that's good for that's good for the crew. You know, the more routine it is, the devil's in the details, and the less yep. details they mess up because they're doing the same thing every week. And so, our standard protocols have really tightened up. Um, every many a lot more people on the team knows what needs to happen at every step, and so you know, they're, they're, they're able to watch out for each other and they're able to watch out for the product. And that, that's the key is just that everybody's putting the product and the, in the brand first when they work. It's, it's so, so early in this, that it really is an opportunity to, to build that kind of team where people believe in what they're doing and, and also believe in each other to the point where they realize that, you know, that individualism just doesn't have a place here.
3: Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it- you know, process and and projects and streamlining those those kinds of work workarounds are, are are part of growing a business. And and you get better, faster, stronger if your team is focused on the same goal. So glad to hear you've got some great practices in place there with with your team with your human resources. It's super important and. Sometimes overlooked, and uh, I I know we have a few folks in the cannabis industry, members of NCIA, that focus on human resources and team training. Uh, So hopefully, we can continue to see all of the values of good business continue to grow throughout the entire cannabis industry um, as we become more sophisticated. So we are going to take one more break, uh, listen to some commercials, and then we're going to come back and talk more with Fitz about the regulatory climate in Washington and uh, when we can hopefully drag him out to a quarterly cannabis caucus again. So stay tuned. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
2: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics
0: along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Boober Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Boober Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Boober way. Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio, the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store sales, trends, and competition— Better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends? Identify and compare your top products and categories and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild.
2: Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice. Only on CannabisRadio.com
3: and we are back at NCIA's Cannabis Voice Weekly Show on CannabisRadio.com. This is Bethany Moore from NCIA, and we are talking with Fitz Kuig of Pioneer Nuggets based in Washington state. He is a tier two producer processor, if you're just joining us. Uh, thanks again, Fitz. Let's just jump right in and talk about what it's like in Washington state. What's the regulatory climate like? How has the, the rollout of the 502 licenses worked out? Um, w- what are the pros and cons of how things stand as, as you see fit now?
4: Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of pros and a lot of cons. Um, we're three Nothing's three perfect. <laughs> n- nothing is. I, I I quite like it actually. Uh, they created a three tier manufacturing system for cannabis. One of the you know, there's some issues built in that. Some some cons for sure. Certainly, our production side is more agriculture based, and we're still treated like a manufacturer. But that has a lot more to do with uh, with taxation with regards to our employees but from a standpoint of the regulatory you know they took it very cautious and i think a lot of people saw that as a negative they saw the bottleneck of the shops opening i certainly saw it as a producer processor trying to come out with a product and put it on shelves there's a very limited amount of shelves to put it on mm. and while while that came with its frustration i i do have to say i think that the system up here is 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 very manageable because we're almost overregulated to a point and now that there's more shops and, you know, the number of producer processors that wanted to get going have gotten going, um, we're starting to find some normalization in the availability for shelf space and the number of customers versus uh, versus the producer processors. There's good changes happening all the time, both at the legislature and at the Liquor Control Board, which kind of happen concurrently. Some of the changes require legislation. Some of them can be changed by the Liquor Control Board there is definitely a lot more shops which is a key to to the business you know not every town being overrun with them but having the appropriate amount of retail outlets for the consumer demand uh, mm-hmm. that that truly does exist is is just important and they did let a, they, they did let a lot more processors and producers get opened up before the retail but that right. started to that started to normalize and and as it has it's allowed them to move Probably into a a better regulatory situation. The the liquor control board was just starting up when we were, so Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that they've provided every every ability for you to be as transparent as possible and to conduct business. I think that it didn't make it any easier as a startup, but you know, even in an old industry, some other industry that's not cannabis related, when you start a business, it typically takes several years before you really get going. Mm-hmm. so you know i i I haven't really seen anything that dictates it's it's not normal like any other business other than that the shops open slower, but if they had all opened at once i I don't know if it would have gone gangbusters and maybe been harder to regulate in terms of the the producer processor side and how much product was moving into the market because the the key goal of five o two was to reduce the black market and reduce the amount of cannabis getting to, to people under the age of 21. Yeah, And so I, I think that that's the kind of goal that does take a little bit of time. So I'm, I'm actually a fan of the way we've been regulated. I think that uh, I've seen really good people succeed, and I've definitely seen some people that, that it hasn't gone well for, and, and they probably had, had the ability to do it had, it had it been a little bit more open when they started, um, whether yeah. it was... A, a funding issue. Sometimes you just didn't have the funds to sustain or you overspent or you made too much product too early. A big thing that we did was, you know, we started off not making a lot of flour. We built our facility out and and we grew into it. And we actually passed the first few months, but when I noticed the demand being so low due to the number of shops, we kind of geared back for about the you know, about four months in and we stopped growing as many plants. We stopped having as many lights on. And that allowed us to sustain that that first period, we just we just didn't push ourselves to fill up our facility when we weren't able to support it from the administrative and sales side. So as, yes. I've, been able to, as I've been able to build up that side of the business, we've been able to support more production um, to the point where we found a comfortable niche within the industry, uh, the demand for our product matches the supply, the employees here know what they're doing, starting to create a good sense of community departments we've only had mid-level managers for, for between six and 12 months. And so they're really starting to come into their own with, with regard to their leadership over their teams mm-hmm. and the way they, the way they communicate upwardly. So, you know, my goal was just to create a real organization around this process. And I feel like that's come together recently. And now we're, now we're able to start looking at things like expansion and growing a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, given the regulatory climate nationally and statewide, there's not, nothing, you don't get hurt by being cautious.
3: That's very true. Can't can't agree more. So
4: just real quickly,
3: Arlington, Washington, I remember seeing there was a concentration of producer processors that were zoned in the same area. Um, Just wanted to talk about that a little bit. What's what's that like being in such proximity to basically your competition?
4: Yeah, it's great. I think during startup, everybody was a little bit a little bit shy, you know. Um, in a way, everybody just working really hard, not really having the time to interact. But Arlington, Washington's an amazing place, and I'm I'm super happy to to live here and spend time here. Um, in fact, I can't at this point imagine living anywhere else. The local community is amazing. We're about an hour out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. I've lost track. I think there's 15 or 16 producer processors in the area. Um, we haven't seen an uptick in crime. The the authority and the the city council and the, the town has just gotten behind this and been supportive, and they haven't seen a lot. They haven't seen any negative from it, and now we have 15 companies doing very well. Some of the some of the top companies in the state are located here and really becoming part of the community. You know, a few a few of the folks were already part of the community, and and a lot of us came from outside the community. So this community certainly welcomed me with open arms, and, and I imagine that a lot of my counterparts feel the same way. And it's just a great town, and and when you have hundreds, if not getting close to a thousand jobs being created in a town of only fifteen thousand people, it, it certainly starts to have its impact, you know, if just on the day to day retail of, of food and shopping and living and renting mm-hmm. houses and, and buying homes. You know, one of the things I'm most proud of is um, at year three. You know, my my employees, which um, we've always provided health care for, are starting to move in situations where they're they're able to to buy the themselves a first home.
2: And,
4: yeah. And just starting to become real. And and when you, when you, for me, when, when I started the company, that was, that was a big motivator. You know, I, I consider myself more, more of an employer uh, yeah. than anything. And and to be able to provide people with opportunities and jobs, um, it's, a, it's, it's a gift. Now it doesn't mean it doesn't come with hard decisions. A lot of people want to get in the cannabis industry and they, they think it's going to be, they have, they have a misperception. It's, it's a job. It's called a job because it's, it's a job. Yeah. Not, you know, if it was fun, they'd call it fun. And <laughs> it, it's certainly a rewarding job and there certainly is fun working at a cannabis company. Um, probably a lot like working f- as a brewer, but, yep. uh, but ultimately everything that needs to happen happens. And if your if your work effort and your desire don't match your passion, it's just going to be a really tough place for you to work. You know, it's, um, it's, it's gotta be a very mature environment and that's, it's so what I work really hard on is is just maturing the environment, um, yep. bringing its emotional intelligence up, so that the people that work at Pioneer Nuggets, you know, not only do they want, to, not only do they work in the cannabis industry, but they're building a company that provides opportunities like the one that that, that gave them the chance, um, and eventually, hopefully, rolling that down the hill so they can <laughs> become hires and fires and provide opportunity to people and learn from the experience of. Of having to let people go as well as providing people an opportunity that ends up perfectly fitting them it's hr yep. is de- definitely one of the most important steps to the business
3: at it. well i'm glad to hear that your company has had success in growing it sounds like you're leading it in the right direction And uh, I look forward to hopefully catching you at one of NCIA's upcoming quarterly Cannabis Caucus events. If you can take a break from the warehouse one evening to join us in Seattle, you can get more information on how to register at www.thecannabisindustry.org slash events. It is free for NCIA members to attend and $50 for non members. We got to wrap up right now. I'm so sad it's the end of the show, but hopefully we can have you on again in the future. Thanks, Fitz. We really appreciate you being here.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me, Bethany. And you will for sure see me at a uh, quarterly caucus. And I look forward to the opportunity to be on your show again. Appreciate the invite.
3: Definitely. All right. Thank you. And thanks for joining us on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Bye-bye.